Hey friends, welcome to Galsplained. The podcast where two best gals explain anything and everything to each other better than any man ever has. The stars have aligned. That's right. Today we're deep diving into the universe's cosmic explanation for why you are the way you are. Astrology. Yeah, you could Google it, but isn't it more fun to learn it from a friend? I'm Michelle. And I'm Claire. Wow, Michelle, welcome back. Welcome for those back. of you that have missed us, we've been gone we, for a week. We had a little, little tiny break, and then we really haven't recorded until like the, the day before posting. So this is a nice little two-part episode. This is our first two-parter, which... I am very nervous about personally. <laughs> Why? Well, so this is about astrology, as we said, and I'm just like a big astrology fan. And we'll talk about why and how and like what that means for me. But like, basically, I just I, f- I feel like I just want to do this one justice. And there's just right. so much to be said about astrology. And it's such a popular thing, too, that like. There's so many ways for things to be misconstrued and for us not to teach it to you in a correct way, but also like we want to make it fun for you as well. So we have to allow some time to tell you the correct things, but also not lead you astray. And also, like always, we're not experts, so we really have to do our due diligence as um, your local galsplainers. Michelle just saluted. I did. Uh, for those of you that can't see, which is all of you, um, it's just me. It's just Claire <laughs> that can see, see me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really interesting because we were talking about this. Normally, sometimes we get in, we record right away, and it's our first time talking to each other. But today, <laughs> we spoke for like an hour and a half before we started recording because it's been a while and we're besties. Uh, Had to catch up. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Like, I was talking about how five years ago, yeah, I knew what my sun sign was, but I didn't know much else about astrology or spirituality or anything to do with that. And now I feel like it is very much in pop culture. And I feel like uh, you as our listeners, you might be coming in at zero. You might not know much. Or I bet a lot of you are coming in with at least a little bit of knowledge about astrology about your birth chart. So hopefully we can add another layer to that and we won't just be dissecting your sun sign. Uh, We -hmm. will be adding more to that and giving you our our, our little galsplain flair on it. Yeah. And I think honestly, there's just so much to cover with this topic, Claire. If you're okay with it, let's just jump right into it. Because like our thoughts on astrology are like kind of what this part of the podcast usually is, is that's just like explaining what our thoughts are in general. And I feel like, like, my thoughts on astrology come from like, a very different place than where I am now with astrology, because I'm not necessarily a super a person to buy into many things. And I don't necessarily even totally buy into astrology. I saw recently that like, people are calling themselves like astrology um, enthusiasts. Like I definitely find all of this interesting for me, like astrology is like fitting together puzzle pieces of like your personality in in your life. And I'm the type of person who's like, who believes like, why not just believe something like who's to say it's not true just as much as you're able to say it is true, you know? Yeah. I think as long as it's serving you, especially serving you, 
um, to learn a little bit more about yourself and understand yourself deeper. Like we've talked about Enneagrams. Uh, we've mentioned Myers-Briggs before. We did an episode on apology languages, love languages. All of these are just facets of who you are to understand yourself a little bit better. Do I open my CoStar app and read my horoscope and completely believe every word it says and follow everything it does? No, (laughs) no. Uh, But do I think that learning a little bit about my chart helps me gain a perspective, at least in some ways, about who I am and does it serve me in some ways? Yeah, so I think if you're listening and you're skeptical, be skeptical. I think that's awesome. But also kind of ride with us and take what serves you and let go what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, like especially with quarantine, there's been a huge rise of people like getting into not only astrology, but other witchy stuff like me. Like I got a tarot deck. Um, I think everyone I know has some sort of crystal set, which I don't think I would have ever thought that I would have been a type of person who had been into crystals. If you asked me that two years ago, I'd have been like, why the heck would I want random rocks in my house? But now it's like everyone I know charges their crystals on the full moon. And like, I don't have that witchy of friends. And I think it's just this thing of being home and wanting to cultivate this like altar of healing space within your home that like really changed things. But this isn't a crystal episode. This is an astrology episode. I could do a whole crystal episode, man. <laughs> I love crystals. Crystals are probably to you what astrology is to me. So you'll you'll be the the expert on that one. <laughs> well, I love astrology too. I just, I think that any, like I said before, anything that serves you or makes you feel like you're, I don't know, cultivating some more self-love. I think when I deep dive into astrology, it makes me understand and love myself even more. So, Michelle, what was your first experience with astrology? I think that is a great segue for me, actually, Claire, because I feel like for a long time I didn't like astrology because I felt like it was limiting in a certain way. Because, And we'll talk about this, obviously, and we've talked about this before, but both uh, Claire and I are Aries. And um, I've always felt weird about, like, my impulsiveness and my passion. Like, I've always felt like people don't always see me necessarily that way and I've always felt like when I was younger especially like when people would tell me I'm an Aries I'd be like I don't really feel like I'm someone who fights a lot but like at home with my family I would constantly be fighting (laughs) like I'm a fighter so it's like I felt limited a lot of the time when I was younger and like reading you know horoscopes from newspapers like the Sunday morning news you know they would always have those like little astro things for the week Um, that and also my like biggest stint with full charts of astrology was my other friend in high school who I won't name because I didn't ask her permission, but I had another friend in high school that wasn't Claire who was not friends with Claire. No, you didn't. I did. And (laughs) she like (laughs) would tell me my whole chart. And even that was a little limiting to me in a way because that only told me that I had a lot of Aries in the rest of my chart, which I was like, how is that like? I I don't relate to that. But now, like, actually being older and, like, seeing my chart the way it is through, like, the lens that I've been able to research it on my own, now it makes sense, especially now that I'm a more developed person and have grown into, like, accepting the parts of myself that I didn't, like, necessarily accept when I was, like, a high schooler, you know? Yeah. 
I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, also, I think when we were younger, we only knew the stereotypes of our signs. So to me, like, I don't think I come off as a particularly argumentative or aggressive or fiery person. So Aries was always like, yeah, I'm a little bit all over the place and I have a lot of energy, but I don't think I'm like argumentative or angry by any means. Uh, so that was always interesting for me too. But what is really interesting in my life is I have gravitated towards Aries. You are an Aries. My boyfriend is an Aries. My friend that lives down the street is an Aries. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting uh, that a lot of my closest friends are Aries because I think I, I don't know what that says about me. Maybe we'll learn later. <laughs> Uh, maybe it means nothing. Maybe it's a crazy, weird coincidence, but we always have called like March in the beginning of April, like birth weeks for everyone because it's literally like five birthdays back to back of my closest friends. Yeah. I mean, when we were in high school, it was like everyone we knew was born within the same week. It was crazy. And then like, like even apart from you, like I don't have that many people that close to me in birthdays, but like throughout my life, I've had people who are Aries or around that time. My other roommate is an Aries. Um, then like a person I like a childhood friend of mine that I grew up with was born two days after me. Like, yeah, it's the same thing for me. I don't know what that is. I think Aries just like go towards like passionate projects. Maybe we'll talk about it later, but <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Well, but my I first experience why. with kind of all of this, besides just figuring out I was an Aries, I guess my first time I wanted to start to deep dive into this was when I was uh, in New York for the summer. So this was like three, three, four years ago. Um, and I was in New York for the summer. I was doing an internship. I was living in the city. I felt very like cool. I was right by all the hip and happening things. <laughs> and... I was also at a point in my life where I was going into my senior year of college. I was starting a new relationship, <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> um, and I was dealing with issues with friends, issues with, you know, and, and I felt like I needed a little bit of guidance. And at my internship, one of my coworkers every morning looked up on HuffPost, her horoscope. <laughs> and so I just started doing it too. And sometimes it would mean nothing to me. And some days it would mean everything to me. And I think that I really took the parts of it that served me. Um, and what was really funny was I remember there was one day I was really struggling with advice to give to a friend. They had come to me for advice and I just wanted to tap into that fiery side of my personality it was about a boy and be like, you know, screw that guy. Just like leave him. It's not a big deal. Like, and my horoscope said, like, calm down, Aries. Like, calm down. Don't You're say anything to a friend. To calm down. <laughs> Don't say anything to a friend you would regret or whatever it is. And like, thank God I didn't say anything to that friend because she ended up dating that guy on and off for like the next three months. And she came to me at some point and said like, you're the only person I can talk to about this because everyone else has said awful things about him. And so I was able to like be there for my friend by listening to this. So that was the first time I was like, huh. Hmm. And now I love astrology. I think that it's such a fun way to tap into 
yourself. It's a fun way to stay connected to my friends uh, that live in different places. Like the full moon was on Monday and my friend Rachel's like sending me all of these very like witchy things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think it like connects to people at moments of transformation in their life. Like most spirituality like type of stuff does um, even if you're not a very spiritual person and like for me it was the same way where like when I really connected with astrology was when I went through like a moment of like great change and moved to New York about two years ago now Um, and I think for me it was just like this sense of like redefining who I was and like that was a very easy thing for me to latch on to and slowly for the last two years I've been more and more interested and more and more buying into it in a certain sense, I guess you could say. Um, Yeah. So that's where I am now with it too. And I think like the rise of it in social media has really helped that because it's just everywhere you look, you can see like, like even when I was in high school, it was in Tumblr posts, but now that like I've got Instagram and Twitter, like there's whole like astrologers that dedicate themselves to like making tweet threads and like people on Instagram like do constant like memes and like polls and like questionnaires and all these there's just so many things now yeah so I think astrology has really tapped into our pop culture I think a big big push in that has been TikTok um we always end up talking about TikTok when we talk about pop culture because you can get on any kind of TikTok. There's a lawnmower really messing with us today, folks. The oh. pullback of the curtain. Anything can happen on Gal's Play and people are just cutting their grass on a Wednesday morning. Like an animal. Like an animal. Uh, whatever. We'll ignore it. It adds some ambiance. Oh, oh, what I was going to say is a few years ago, I really wanted a necklace that said Aries on it and had like the Aries constellation on it. And it was so hard for me to find. And now everywhere you go into suns, moons, stars, (laughs) Aries, Pisces, Libra, it's everywhere all the time. And I think that's just shows that it's really tapped into pop culture. Uh, I have a friend that really wants to get a tattoo and we were looking up different like tattoo ideas for her. And so many of them are Zodiac. So many Pinterest tattoo ideas are Zodiac. So I think this tap into pop culture, I even notice it uh, when I talk to people that are in high school or college like it's I would never see us sitting around being like oh my god you're such a Leo you're such a this you're such a that but they do that now and I do that with my friends and I think it's hilarious I think it's great I literally like something will happen with me and my roommate and I'll be like that was such a cap thing you did or like oh my god that's so Pisces moon that's making you cry right there like I'm like, I hate myself for doing it. Like, I'm sure it's so (laughs) annoying to people who don't like astrology. But, oh, man, it's so easy to do now. (laughs) Well, I think some people might have been listening to us and they might be like, what the heck are you talking about? What's a chart? What does all this mean? Michelle is here to walk us through the basics of astrology as an astrology enthusiast. Yes, a uh, big astrology enthusiast. And 
a lot of where I've gotten a lot of my recent thoughts on astrology come from an astrologer named Chani Nicholas. I don't, some people may have heard of her. She's pretty big right now. She has a video on YouTube where she reads Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin's chart, which is just like adorable and amazing. I love that. Um, but I recently got a lot of her uh, work for my birthday as a, a gift from my friends and it was life changing. So a lot of this comes from her, but I also like, did my own research along with like things that I've known from like um, knowing about astrology for just like two years. So a lot of this comes from like sources that I did look up and did like find basic explanations for things. But, you know, it's a mix and match of my own knowledge. Um, but she says something similar to um, that your astrological chart is the snapshot of the universe around you when you were born. Um, so, I, I really like that. And that might not be the exact wording she said. It's just the way that I like to frame it because I think it's that's why it, it's kind of cool to me. Like there is a specific moment in time that you were born where the whole universe was placed in a specific sort of way that's unique to you. And like the moment you took your first breath is like the moment like the universe took you in and like you took in the universe and like that in itself shaped you. Is the way I like to think about it. That's beautiful. I I think so. <laughs> but the way the universe is working is kind of like a theater set. Um, and I think this is the best way to um, kind of describe this. And we won't go deep diving into every element of your chart because there's just so much. Um, but I'm going to give you a basic idea on like the three main things. And we're going to dive deep this episode into um, the signs specifically. And then next episode, we'll talk a bit about like sun, moon and rising. That'll be next week um, for everyone at home. Um, but basic idea of the three things that you need to know with your chart is that there are planets, signs, and houses. I didn't learn about houses until like this month, really. I've always avoided them because they seem very daunting to me. And I don't think we're going to be talking about them this episode (laughs) or the next episode. But they're actually very easy. Um, And so who knows? Maybe we'll have time next episode to mention them. But the planets are the who, the signs are the how, the houses are the where. The way you can think about it is like the planets are the character in the strip. The planets are the characters in the scripts, uh, whereas the signs are like the director's direction of these characters, as well as the actor's flair, like what the actor themselves brings to that character. And the houses is like the set where you're acting on. Um, A little more ways of describing that planets are the sometimes invisible, sometimes transparent forces at work around us that are affecting our everyday lives. The sign, which is the how, is the director's directions and actor's flair, is the specific style and how you work within those energies. Whereas the houses with the where are the place in your lives where those forces are focused into with the set. So... Does that kind of make sense where you like frame it around like a play? Tell me where yeah. you might be confused and I'll try to explain. I think it, it makes a lot of sense. I think for someone, I, I, I come in with a very intermediate knowledge of astro- astrology. I don't think I'm at a basic level. I know a lot about this and I've had my chart read before. Um, but I do want to look at this like a beginner. Mm-hmm. So 
explain to me if I'm if I'm a beginner that doesn't know a lot about astrology, but I hear every fall people are like, "Ugh, oh my god, it's because Mercury's in retrograde." That's <laughs> like that's like what everybody says. What does that mean, like in in context to what you just said? So we're not talking about retrograde right now. Retrograde. I can't totally answer that with this these basics, but essentially Mercury in itself is a planet and it's a character in uh-huh. the play and Mercury rules communication, which we'll talk about next episode a bit, maybe. Um, and because it rules communication, when it goes retrograde, that's when it's like kind of turning away, I think is what it is. I, I right. forget like what exactly yeah. it is scientifically in space, but basically it's just, it's, messing with a lot of communication so that's why people are upset when mercury turns retrograde because it's hard to like communicate during that time you really shouldn't text your ex a lot of people say because like your communication's all off and you just want to communicate and talk to people but like you shouldn't text your ex because you're gonna mess it up you shouldn't sign contracts because someone may be trying to trick you because mercury is also a tricky planet interesting I think this is an interesting way to dive into it because for someone that maybe doesn't have a lot of experience with this, but every late August, they hear people start talking about this. I think that it's interesting. So if you ever hear somebody say, this is in that, or I'm all messed up because of this, now you you might have a, a basis of knowledge at the end of our episodes. Yeah. Right, and thank you. I'll, I'll also, also use a little example to like kind of color this in terms of like, Let's say we've talked a lot about Aries, so I feel like there's a pretty solid understanding with our audience and us about what Aries is, which is basically like action-oriented, impulsive, passionate. So if Mercury, like we were just talking about, is in Aries, um, Mercury, the character, is being colored by the director's direction and the actor's flair of, you know, Aries. So the, the communicative planet that we're in right now, if Mercury's currently in Aries, we are currently in a time of like intense and um passionate and impulsive communication um but if it happens to Heck be yeah. in the like let's say it, if it happens to be in let's say the fourth house the fourth house is the house of like foundations and home so you're having a lot of impulsive and communicative like conversations and passionate conversations surrounding the house and your foundations and like maybe surrounding your parents. So that's kind of like where the set comes in. Interesting. All right. It was helpful. I am a visual learner and I need examples. So that was helpful for me. Yes. So we might not dive into the houses because where your, those energies are being forced into at that moment is adding a whole layer that not a lot of people get to eventually. So we'll see if we get there, but if you want to know what houses are, that's a basic understanding of them. Okay, so I think it's time for a little recess. We're absorbing a lot of information, giving a lot of our thoughts. So I think we just need to talk a little bit about our last episode. What do you think? Let's go do it. All right, everybody, welcome back to recess a few weeks ago we talked about our quarter life crises and what that means quarter life crisis 
Uh, Michelle is 25. I am 24. If you missed that episode, we have recently entered that phase of that pop culture phenomenon, the quarter life crisis. Michelle, after our episode, I ended up hearing from a lot of friends who said that they really resonated with what we said. Oh my goodness. I'm sure it's a scary time for us all. We all need to be reassured. (laughs) We did not take to our Instagram for this one because I felt a little weird asking you all about your crisis. Uh, But I did do a little bit of diving into what this, how this has been represented in pop culture, which I didn't do as much last time. I ended up reading this article that someone sent along to me about how quarter-life crises came to be because of modern culture. How the quarter-life crisis didn't really exist when our parents were our age because of just how culture was, how life was, how uh, around this age people were getting married and having babies and buying houses, and that's not really a possibility for us at our age. So, Michelle... I wanted to ask you, as our recess, as our break, a few weeks into being 25, are you feeling more solid in your year? You know, it's hard to say in terms of, you know, having a birthday, you never really feel like you're turning that age. But you know what? Like, I feel like there's a certain sense of, like, stability at this point in time. Though some people might feel chaos at this age. I do feel like there is a sense of, like, I know where I am right now. I'm not really in a place of worry about that. (laughs) I completely agree with that. I think that I, my friend said this to me because she turned 24 about a week before me and I was really nervous about turning 24 and that's going to sound so stupid to some people, but I, I was just really nervous and she said to me that she felt so in her power at this age, at this kind of quarter life age And she also felt like, as an old soul, and I feel like an old soul, and I feel like you can relate to being an old soul too, Michelle, it completely makes me feel more solid in in kind of all my thoughts and opinions on things, having my age more match how I'm feeling. Yeah, I think like I relate to the sense of like, and I even, even thought about this in the past few days of like, there's been this sense of like my outer skin has shed like from the years of my youth <laughs> in a very cliche way. And I've like, I, I do feel this sense of womanhood and not like adolescence at all anymore. Whereas like early 20s, you still feel kind of like a teenager. So I think instead of looking, here's my big piece of advice for recess, instead of looking at your quarter life like a crisis, although it does happen to everyone, we talked about this last week, try to look at it as a point where you can feel more secure in who you are. You know, your teen years and your really early 20s are about finding who that is. And now we can start to find security in who we are and what we are. Where Ooh. we come from? Oh, uh, uh, I think I hear the bell ringing. It's time to get back to the episode. Okay, welcome back, folks. Um, now it's time to put together the puzzle pieces. So, 
this part is where we're going to start um, with this, you know, this episode into the next episode, giving you the pieces to help you put together, you know, understanding your own chart and like understanding why these puzzle pieces exist to begin with, what they mean. Because like I always hear personally like elements and even modalities, which if you don't know modalities, we'll get into it. Like I always hear it and I'm like, yeah, like you're a water sign. So you're like watery. Like what does that actually mean? You know what I right, mean? Right. And like how does one water sign differ from another? So I like really wanted to understand this for myself because it always felt a little vague to me. <laughs> um, but I mean, starting with elements, I mean, everyone knows what the four elements are, whether it's like not through astrology, but through like Avatar The Last Airbender or like even some religions like hold elements to be true. I mean, everyone knows what the four elements are. Fire, water, earth, air. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a bit about what each one means. When I like did deep dives on each one of these elements, there were certain words that popped out to me. For fire, those words were spontaneous, inspired, self-expressive, and action-oriented. Thank um, you. Yes. So like it's just like a compliment to us as fire signs. Yes, they're all <laughs> they're all just like word like what what fire signs are about. Um there's also earth which is grounding, manifesting, hardworking, and practicality. These are like your words for you if you're, you have elements, placements in these elements. For air, and air surprised me. Air is intellectual, strong communicator, fair-minded, hmm. and sometimes detached. Interesting. I don't have a lot of friends that are air signs. Yeah, well, you have a friend who is air sign placements, me. Mm. Um, we'll get to that next episode. Um, and then finally, we have water, which the words that jump out to me are emotive, fluid, and perceptive. And water signs often have some psychic abilities with them. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of water people who have water signs that I know tend to be, especially with like a lot of placements in their chart with a lot of water signs, they tend to be extremely witchy to me, even if they don't know it. Like it's just natural for them. I love that. Yeah. Um, I don't have any water signs in me, so <laughs> who knows why I love astrology so much. Um, but that's a very basic understanding of what each element kind of brings to the table. So you have those puzzle pieces. For each element, I'm going to really focus on, for fire, I'm going to focus on action. For earth, I'm going to focus on the word practicality. Uh, for air, I'm going to focus on intellectual. And for water, I'm going to focus on emotive and emotion. Because those okay. are the four kind of keywords for each of them. Yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah. And we're going to keep those words and hold on to them for later. Because then we go to modalities. So modalities is really important because it's kind of how all of this works together. Um, so when you look at like astrology, it's all chronological with the year, right? There's 12 signs for 12 months. The chart starts at Aries and ends in Pisces. And it works in modalities. So you have cardinal fixed and mutable so you have four elements three modalities three times four equals 12 so each sign has a different 
has their own unique pairing, obviously, of modality and element. And it works that way. I didn't even realize this until researching it, that it works this way like the seasons because they um, do it throughout the season. So Aries, for instance, starts as cardinal and then it moves to a fixed modality that's Earth, which is Taurus. And then it moves into mutable modality that's air. And then finally it goes to the water one, but that goes back around to cardinal, which is cancer. And then to the next fixed modality, which is fire, the next element around the cycle, which is Leo. So it just goes on and on in that cycle. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the way the modalities work and why they work that way is because cardinal is supposed to initiate new seasons. So Aries is initiating spring and um, fixed is stabilizing the season. So Taurus is stabilizing springtime. Like we're in the middle of springtime. Hmm. And then mutable would be letting go of one season to prep for another. So Gemini is ending spring and going into summer. And then Cancer is starting summer at Cardinal. Does that make That's sense? That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so the keywords for Cardinal, fixed, and mutable, keyword for Cardinal would be initiation. Keyword for fixed would be sustaining. And keyword for mutable would be changing. So we're going to now use those keywords, use the keywords from the elements. And now we're going to jump into the signs. So any questions before we really go sign by sign? No, I'm so excited for this. This is what I'm sure everyone's been waiting for. Yes, we're going to connect the puzzle pieces. We're going to go one by one. All right, starting chronologically with our favorite sign, Aries. <laughs> so the keywords um, that I find for Aries are like action-oriented, independent, which works out well because when we would connect the puzzle pieces of their modality and their um, element, which is cardinal fire, it's initiating action. Aries is all about initiating action. The Aries symbol is the ram. It symbolizes aggression and courage. The ram's horn is part of a cornucopia, which also symbolizes abundance. Rams were also associated with leadership throughout history. So we got that sheep ram thing, which when I was younger, I was like, oh, man, Leo has a lion. Why do I get a ram? That's boring. Oh, I love the ram. <laughs> You're kidding. We grew up, I grew up in Chapel Hill. Uh, ram oh. was UNC. I was just like, oh. I'm meant to be here. That's very true. That is very true. We're also ruled by Mars, which if you're into Greek mythology like I am, that's the like war god, the Roman war god, um, which is associated with Ares, the Greek war god. And if you want to know some famous Ares, I got you. We got Reese Witherspoon, Lady Gaga, Chance the Rapper, and Maya Angelou, which I actually share a moon with her as well. So that's Ooh. interesting. I know. Um, so that's Aries, the sign we both know and love. And I'm extremely ruled by. Um, but then we go on to Taurus. Taurus is all, Taurus's modality and element is fixed earth. And so their puzzle pieces come together as sustaining practicality. And they're represented by the bull. And so kind of, you know, if a bull's left alone, they'll just hang out. They'll just graze in the sunlight, eat some grass. But if you bother a bull, they're scary. They're going to charge at you with those horns, right? Yeah. And they're this like huge symbol of strength, obviously. 
Um, so they're very strong and um, grounded and persevering kind of uh, sign. They're ruled by Venus, though, which is the goddess of love and, and beauty. It rules, you know, commitment and all those things. And some unsurprising celebrities ruled by Taurus are the Queen of England, Kate Blanchett, or Kate Blanchett. My roommate's going to kill me for mispronouncing her last name. Um, <laughs> Barbara Streisand herself is a Taurus, and Adele. So some very powerful woman there. So this um, is their sun sign. This is their sun sign. Um, all of these have sun sign placements though you know these signs like i said we are currently in taurus season so we're in a very stabilizing sustaining season right now so we're all feeling that in the world because that's the season we're all in but these people's charts happen to be ruled by it with their sun sign though Mm -hmm. there's a lot to say about how charts rule people and there's certain celebrities that i kept off this list because they didn't perfectly match their sun sign because they have so much other energy in the background um, but just so you know a bit about what the celebrities to look up to when you're thinking about these signs. Um, next up is Gemini, which is a mutable air sign. So when we put the puzzle pieces together, they're all about changing intellect. Um, they're represented by the twins, which is a dual nature. It's all about interaction and exchanging of ideas. This is where like their adaptability comes from. A lot of people unfortunately call Gemini's two-faced but they really have just a dual nature inside of them because there's like twins inside of them is essentially what it is. Uh, Gemini is ruled by Mercury, which is the messenger god of communication and trickery. Some famous Geminis are Stevie Nicks, Octavia Spencer, Laverne Cox, and Sir Ian McKellen. I love Geminis. I personally love Geminis too. I think it's because Aries and Geminis get along, but yeah, they get the worst rep. It's kind of sad. I mean, Stevie Nicks is incredible. So are all those other celebrities. Like, how can you hate a Gemini? And next up is Cancer, which is a cardinal water sign. The puzzle pieces together for the Cancer make initiating emotions. They're all about initiating those emotions. They're ruled by the crab. They're all about crab walking through life, just keeping it moving. They have an outer shell, crabs do which also could represent an outer shell that cancers have to conceal themselves and protect themselves from the world. They're ruled by the moon, which isn't mythological anyway, but the moon is very emotional and dramatic and psychic in a lot of ways. And the moon, you know, rules over the ocean. So that makes sense that this would be a water sign. Um, Some famous cancers are the very one and only Meryl Streep is a cancer. Oh, and, of course she uh, is. I know. She knows how to rule those emotions. Um, Ariana Grande is a Cancer. And Nick Offerman is a Cancer, which is very adorable. That is cute. <laughs> I like that. I'll also say that I've heard in the past that Cancers are like the mothers of the Zodiac. Everyone describes Cancers as being nurturing, essentially. So I find that interesting. I don't know if that's totally true for all Cancers I know, though. Huh. Yeah. Um. And then next up is Leo. They're a fixed fire sign. So when you put the puzzle pieces together, they're all about sustaining action. 
they're ruled they're not ruled but they are symbolized by the lion which is the king of the beasts represents courage and rulership they're strong and regal leaders and they have a noble manner and presence i think Um, this is so funny because (laughs) it being in theater i feel like a lot of our friends were leos so many leos or they have leos somewhere in their chart where you're like yeah of course you do So, like, performers in general often have Leo somewhere in their chart where it matters. Um, I mean, I don't, but a lot of them do. (laughs) And I find that a lot of people I know happen to in some way. I mean, they're ruled by the sun, which is they're literally ruled by the essence of themselves. Like, they're bright and shining. They're up there. They're, they want to be seen. <laughs> um, some Leos that are very obvious as Leos are Jennifer Lopez, Demi Lovato, Sandra Bullock, Kristen Chenoweth, and Mick Jagger. <laughs> so none of those are surprising. <laughs> um, next up, though, are Virgos. Now, I have some interesting thoughts about Virgos. I know a good amount of Virgos. They're a mutable earth sign, which puzzle pieces put together means they're all about changing practicality. I hear a lot of things about Virgos being indecisive, which honestly goes along very well with that phrase. Virgos are ruled by the Virgin and that's their symbol is the Virgin. Now, I have a whole thing to say about this symbol because I've actually looked this up recently hearing from Chani Nicholas. Like she talks about, about what the original word for virgin means. Um, The word virgin actually used to mean less about like whether or not you've had sex before. And actually it represented um, a sovereign of your own independence and sense of self, um, owning of your own sexuality and kind of a presence within society as just an independent human. So the virgin represents a person who's very in tune with who they are, not someone who's sexually chaste. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because in the olden days, it didn't really mean that. It The meaning has changed a lot. Um, so don't let our modern sense of these symbols um, change what you think about them. Because this one's a very independent sign. They're very sure of who they are in themselves they're also ruled by mercury though which is the god of communication and trickery so whereas they like are very sure of themselves it might not be so clear to other people who they are because of this some obvious virgos who are very in tune with themselves the big one the virgo everyone knows and loves beyonce is a virgo I love Virgos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Virgos are great. Um, Amy Poehler is also a Virgo. Keanu Reeves, Idris Elba. Of course Keanu Reeves is a Virgo. I know. (laughs) Of course he is. Yes. So those are all some good Virgos. Um, But next up, we have Libra, which is a cardinal air sign. That's all about when we put the puzzle pieces together. Oh, what am I saying? I'm going to put those puzzle pieces together. It's all about initiating intellect. And their symbol is the only inanimate object. It's the scales or the balance, you know? Like, you know how you have in science class, the scales that weighed things? That's the symbol for Libra. It represents justice, equality, harmony. Um, Libras are ruled by Venus, though, which is the goddess of love and beauty. Some famous Libras out there are Will Smith, Olivia Newton-John, Serena Williams, Cardi B, and Hilary Duff. 
oh, Serena Williams. I strive to be like her. I know. I mean, some of the it's interesting putting these people to Libra because I feel like Libra is such a it's a hard sign to understand because my moon is actually in Libra. And for a while, I definitely did not understand it. But now I feel like I'm starting to. We'll talk about that more next week. Um, But next up is Scorpio. And they're a fixed water sign, making their um, puzzle pieces come together as sustaining emotions is what they're about. So they're definitely the type to hold grudges. They're known for that. Um, (laughs) And they're symbolized by the scorpion or sometimes an eagle, a golden eagle. Um, When they're symbolized by the scorpion, it's because they represent cunning and sometimes vengeance. You know, a scorpion could give you a sting very quickly and really damage you, but it be just a really quick sting it cause a lot of damage but as an eagle a golden eagle they have very clear vision and freedom to be more perceptive than others so i see that parts of them i think yeah and the scorpios in my life i feel like i i see both of those sides to them in a lot of ways um they're ruled by mars which is the war god aries And some famous Scorpios out there are Julia Roberts, Ryan Reynolds, Drake, Emma Stone. Huh. Yeah. I like Scorpios. My sister's a Scorpio. I think I've just heard so many things about Scorpio men that when I hear Scorpio, my whole body's like, (gasps) but (laughs) I'm going to put all those preconceived notions away as we dive into all of this. I actually have, my grandma is an extremely Scorpio woman. When we get into placements on all those things tomorrow, she's a Scorpio sun, moon, and rising. So, I mean, Scorpios are very witchy to me, especially Scorpio women. Um, Just there's a lot of psychic and intense energy in there. Very mysterious people. They hide a lot, um, but they feel a lot. Um, Because they're all about, um, you know sustaining those emotions (laughs) but we're gonna move on to Sagittarius which does not hide anything they're a mutable fire sign which is all about changing actions they're represented by the archer which is also like kind of a centaur archer who like has an arrow and so this half human half horse symbolization is basically showing the animal natures that Sagittarius um vibes have along with the spiritual aspirations inside centaurs are brave and wise but also barbaric and gruff interesting i have quite a bit of sagittarius in my chart I actually have quite a bit of the next three you're gonna go to in my chart and i think that this is really interesting because i always start to feel quite a bit like stifled when i haven't learned something new in a while i.e this podcast So (laughs) uh, I think that's interesting. Okay, good to you. Yeah, Sagittarius is a very interesting sign to me. I also have this in my chart. Um, It's it's a boundless sign. I mean, it's it's very um, adventurous, buoyant. Um, It's ruled by Jupiter, which is also Zeus, the king of the gods, god of sky and thunder. Some famous Sagittariuses are Miley Cyrus, Don Cheadle, Jamie Lee Curtis, Taylor Swift, Tina Turner. I mean, these are people that have a lot of energy, you know? You see that energy. Put out a lot of 
of their energy into the world. I'm just looking at Taylor and all of her albums this year. <laughs> She's constantly putting it out. Uh, if you are a big Taylor Swift fan, she has a song called The Archer, which is in reference to her being a Sagittarius. Oh, that's cool. Yes, because um, she's the archer. But next up, we go to Capricorn. Now, they're a cardinal earth sign. Put together those puzzle pieces. They're all about initiating practicality. <laughs> they're enduring. Their symbol is the sea goat or sometimes the mountain goat. So we're just going to go with the mountain goat for now because... Um, it makes sense for enduring. They're agile and sure-footed animals, usually okay with being on their own. They're able to climb in the roughest places and to the highest heights, even if it takes them a long amount of time. They're ruled by Saturn, which is um, also Cronus, the god of time and agriculture. They're all about sowing them seeds, waiting for it to grow. Um, some famous Capricorns are Timothy Chalamet, Diane Keaton, Michelle Obama, Betty White. Interesting. I personally have an interesting relationship with Capricorns and Capricorn energy. (laughs) Oh, I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. Oh, see, I either get along with Capricorns wildly because, I mean, you have a lot of Capricorn placements and I get along great with you. My roommates are Capricorn, get along great. Both of my roommates have Capricorn energy in their charts, but Every bad relationship I've been with has been with someone with Capricorn placements in their charts, hmm. <laughs> which is I, something to I look to at, think about. I look at well, so obviously there's the well developed and the not well, well developed of a, any side of this, but I look at well developed Capricorns as very like patient people who have the foresight to like uh, see the forest through the trees, like see see the end game in sight. And while my Aries energy fights with my Capricorn energy a lot of time, because I'm like, I want it right now. I want it right in front of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the Capricorns always like plant it and they wait for it to grow and they have the assurance that it will grow. And so I think we all need a little bit more Capricorn energy sometimes. I think it's and I think uh, this is also just something to say about like, you know, these astrology things can sometimes show you patterns within your life. And like maybe I make really good friends with Capricorns and Capricorn energy, but I shouldn't be with one in a romantic relationship until I die. Like those kind of things. Like sometimes these patterns can pop up for you. Like I know a lot of other people um, in my life who are also interested in astrology. And I've talked to them about patterns and noticing the patterns within your partners and how sometimes seeing a specific placement within the people you continue seeing. um, And I'm not the only one with this where like they kept seeing like, let's say for them, it was like a Pisces sun. They kept seeing a Pisces sun in their partners And they were noticing that, like, the universe was trying to tell them something with that. And, like, they had to, like, grapple with what they were not understanding every time they were getting a Pisces sun um, and dating a Pisces sun. So it's just something to notice sometimes. It's not necessarily, like, I hate Capricorns. I think their energy is amazing. Like, I have a lot of friends with that energy. Just um, something to discover within yourself, too. Yes. (laughs) um but on to the next one with aquarius they're a fixed air sign so they're all about sustaining intellect 
Their symbol is the water bearer, which eternally gives spiritual food to the world, a symbol of open-ended spiritual energy. They're ruled by Saturn, which is like Capricorn, the god of time and agriculture. They love to sow them seeds. Their uh, famous people are Alicia Keys, Oprah Winfrey, Harry Styles, and Shakira. Oh, Shakira. Yes. <laughs> um, and you have some Aquarius in your chart yourself, you said, right? Yes. I I think second most to Aries. I have like Aquarius and Capricorn mostly in my chart. Yes. So. And I, I do know that Aquarius energy is often described as um, get, gets the stereotype of being aliens. Nobody quite understands Aquarius or people with like Aquarius placements a lot of the time. They like are very hard to grasp sometimes with that. Well, and um, I think a lot of in my research about Aquarius, because I never felt like I understood how I fit in my chart until I did some research on Aquarius. Uh, Aquarius is are very humanitarian signs. They're very like focused on helping others and can feel like a, a sense of being unbalanced in their lives when they're not doing that. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because they're sustaining intellect, they, they're enduring like Capricorn is in that way, but in a different sense, because they're all about sustaining that like insightfulness. And um, they're really all about being an open-ended spiritual energy to the world. I mean, when you look at this description of it, um, but yeah, Aquarius is an interesting one, especially because I feel like a lot of people assume that it's a um, water sign, but in reality, it's an air sign. Wow. Well, so they're not super emotional. Speaking of water signs, you need to finish us off with my favorite of all my friend signs. Oh, Pisces. <laughs> I love having Pisces friends. Oh, yeah. Pisces is interesting. It's a mutable water sign, which is all about changing emotions. And Pisces is also notably the end of the chronological scale. So it's interesting that we start with Aries, which initiates action and with changing emotions. Um, I think that's something to note. Um, they're represented by the fish. Um, and it's two fish that are always swimming in opposite directions, similar to how Piscean feelings can always feel pulled in two different directions. It's a very spiritual symbol, very yin yang. Also, some people uh, who are Christian, there's the Jesus fish, which has that sort of similar symbol, very spiritual symbol. Um, they're ruled by Jupiter, which is Zeus, king of the gods, god of sky and thunder. Some famous Pisces are Rihanna, Lupita Nyong'o, Drew Barrymore, and Emily Blunt. Some amazing celebrities that are Pisces. Huh. I, what I find most interesting about Pisces is I know since they're the last of the signs, it says like they've learned everything from the other signs. And while some of my Pisces friends can be a little indecisive and a little wishy-washy with their own emotions... They always give fantastic advice. They're very emotionally intelligent friends uh, because they are uh, absorbing everything that's put around them and they feel things very deeply. Oh, definitely. definitely. They're very intuitive and creative. Yeah. Wow. So two big words for them. But that's all the signs and that's all we can get to this week with diving into those signs. Whew. Well, that was such a deep dive, and I can't wait to find out more next week about 
what that means. But I think for now, that's the end of the episode. Follow us at Galsplain Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And I would love to know, and we'll mention them next week, your recommendations. If you're listening and you've read a cool book on this, or you use a great app, or you go to a website every day to read your horoscope, let us know what that is. And we'd love to compile some resources to share with our wonderful listeners. Yes. Um, subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time for part two of astrology. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.